the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your Doleros. The show is about getting you to retirement. It's also about talking money and markets, and it's not its not a lot of fart humor. It's not a lot of, you know, sex talk. It's not a lot of fluff. It's a lot of getting you to retirement with honest information. Some of it is humbling. Some of it is inspiring. A lot of parents don't have life insurance, and I understand why. Kids are expensive. Parents juggling you know, that work-life balance could be dropping the ball, though, if you don't have life insurance. If you have a baby, you owe it to that baby to have some life insurance. Why? Because you only work from age 20 to 60, and that baby counts on you for diapers, for soccer, fees, for you name it. He's counting on you for clothes. More than a third of parents with kids younger, who are younger than 18, don't have life insurance. More than a third of parents who have kids don't have life insurance. And I get it. It's A, it's intimidating, and B, it costs money. And what are you going to get? New tires? You need a new TV? We all have choices to make, right? Of those who are insured, half have less than $100,000 in coverage. You need to insure, I'd say, 10 times your salary is a good start. So if you make $100,000, you need to insure a million. If you make $50,000, you need to insure $500,000. Because that will cover 10 years of you not having income. And I know it's not a happy thought, but that means your spouse will be able to stay at home with a kid and love that kid and say, we miss mommy or daddy. So if you have a job and you have a kid, you should get life insurance. 
You do not need whole life insurance because your kid, when you're 92 and he's 65, he won't need your life insurance. Nor will your spouse. They'll be 90 years old. You'll die at 92, and they're they're like, "Woo! I hit four million dollars in life insurance." No, they don't. They won't need it. You don't need whole life. You don't need variable life. What you need is term life. That's what I have. That's what everyone should have if you have someone that needs your income. Typically, it's your spouse because your income is going to cover the mortgage, your income is going to cover the car, your income is going to cover vacations. But once you have a kid, you need some insurance there too because your insurance, your your income now was going to cover their life. You know, they're zero to eighteen. Oftentimes, a lot of young parents are transitioning into the role of, you know, greater responsibility. You go from literally, hey, sweetie, let's go to Mexico. Let's get naked in the streets of Mexico and see if we can't get arrested for, like, doing crazy stuff. Let's go to New York and find a club and dance all night long. Oh, a child arrived just the other day, came into the world in the usual way. Through mommy. Life insurance is one of the first thing parents sh- should put in place once you have a kid. And then, guess what? Dun, da, da, da. You should make a will. It's important not just to make sure your assets pass to your kids. Again, like, um, you want to have, like, a, a structure for your kids. If I was 18 years old and my parents died and they left me a lot of money, I'd be like, woohoo, I'm going to France. I'm going to get me a French girlfriend and I'm going to drink French wine and we're going to sit outside and do our French laundry together and that doesn't make any sense but the point being is that at 18 I would have blown off college so you need to have some sort of structure on what happens to your kid when money rolls in if that makes any sense at all I'm not sure that it does but you want it to you know, maybe hit life events. And then as you get a little bit wealthier in life, you want to set up a trust. And I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm not saying this to be exclusive. But with the trust, you want, after you pass, your assets to go to your wife, your spouse. And then after she passes, that goes to your kids. And you want to set it up so that if your kids get a divorce, it doesn't go to the ex-wife of your kid or the ex-spouse. Um, unless that's your goal. You know, if you think that's, you know, the right thing to do, that's the right thing to do for you. I've seen many, many, many people get married and many, many, many people get divorced. And mingling of assets um, is painful. So just throwing it out there for you. Um, I call it worst-case scenario planning because worst-case scenarios happen. I told you a couple Fridays ago, um, I was about three minutes late to seeing a woman commit suicide by throwing herself under a trash truck. I got to see her head in one part of the street and her body in another part of the street and her legs in another part of the street. It's pretty gruesome. But uh, worse things do happen. Worst case scenarios do happen. So, again, not trying to discourage you or anything, just throwing it out there. Greece has asked for a third bailout and pledged reforms. You know what got Greece into the trouble that they're in right now? Dirty politicians. 
they basically lied. They basically stole money. Eh. Throwing it out there for you. So Greece has asked for a third bailout, and they've asked for a three-year loan from the European Stability Mechanism. This is going to get played out. This is going to play out this week. And it's kind of fascinating to watch that they don't seem to have a plan. Microsoft gives out the good news today. Hey, did you know that if you've got Windows 7 or Windows 8, you're going to get Windows 10 for free later this month? Woohoo! So that's going to slow down computer sales this year. Because people like me who are like, this Windows 7 is crap. It's crashing all the time. And, you know, my registry is all messed up probably because I go to websites that I shouldn't be going to. And I'm probably getting viruses on my computer. Uh, my computer has STDs, if that makes any sense to you. So, But I get a free version of Windows 10 later this month. But that's going to stop me from going out and getting a new PC. Because I'll get a brand new registry. I'll get a brand new Windows and blah, 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 blah. But Microsoft gave out the good news also. Microsoft announced plans today to cut 7,800 positions and take a 7.6 billion dollar write down. Oh no! No! They're going to write off 7.6 billion dollars for their purchase of Nokia. You know, it's actually pronounced Nokia, but you know they sold galoshes before they sold cell phones. So they're writing off $7.6 billion. That's what happens when you have too much money and you buy companies that you shouldn't, especially overseas money. Um, you know how Apple's got a lot of money wrapped up in overseas markets and they want to repatriate it, but our government's telling them, not a good idea. You have to pay big taxes. So anyway, that'll take a, a big chunk of change out of... Uh, Microsoft short term, but it'll save them in the long term. Biggest cost of business is labor, and Wall Street will appreciate this move. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Starbucks recently boosted their cost of coffee somewhere between 5 and 20 cents on drinks. And that's not going to mean a thing to the stock. Their costs, their overhead costs are up 10% in the last 12 months. What's really going to help Starbucks is they're expected to grow earnings at about 18% this year. That's pretty impressive. Um, coffee costs also, coffee itself, the coffee bean is down about 40% year over year. So that should help them even more. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Um, the Fed Reserve will release their minutes today. This will have the market watching because we're watching Greece and we're watching China. 
will the Fed take these uh, events into account and or not? Let's talk a little real estate with Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony, you work in the mortgage industry, so you see a lot of what's going on. Uh, you put together a lot of the paperwork. One of the pieces of paperwork that you put together is insurance on the home. Right. You want to make sure the person who's buying a home gets homeowner's insurance before the transaction's finished. Um, is that a law or is that a courtesy? Uh, it's a lender requirement. Lender requirement? Okay. Lender requirement. I mean, if you own your house free and clear, you're going to obviously want to protect your asset. But the lenders have tighter guidelines on on what is required as far as what your coverages are, your, your liabilities, insurance. I think everyone needs to review their paperwork every five years. This is a very odd concept, but my business is worth more than it was five years ago. Mm -hmm. So I need to change my life insurance in case and I And building die. costs have gone up and then and replacement costs. Well, before we get there, let, let me finish this thought so that people can tie it together nicely. If I were to die, my partner buys me out. I have life insurance on him. He has life insurance on me. Perfect, right? But we have to up that every five years because the value of the business goes up. Right. So that's kind of frustrating. With that said, same thing with your home. I bought my house five years ago. I could tell you that the houses on my street, the quality has gone up a lot with people um, rebuilding their homes, with their bringing in construction. Um, some people are doing complete teardowns and putting in super fancy nice homes. That scares me a little bit because that means yeah. for me to rebuild, it's going to be more expensive. Well, and and look at this mathematically though. It's not always the rebuilding cost. Your, your land is what's going up faster than the actual rebuild. But you do want to still reanalyze your insurance policy every year, to be honest with you, because you may have bought new items that you're including in your house, or you may have upgraded a kitchen or had some new appliances. There's a lot of things you can include into your insurance policy um, on your homeowner's policy. So. I would look at it every year. Most people, I think it's about 80%, I think it's a statistic, is under, they're underinsured yeah. on their home. Um, so you want to keep looking at your policy on a yearly basis, especially if in, in a market like this where home prices are going up and down, land prices are going up and down. You're not insuring your land, but you're insuring the rebuild cost and everything else inside. So let's talk that concept a little bit. Um, every now and then there's a just true disaster. And you have homeowners insurance, you feel very comfortable with it, but you've been living in the Oakland Hills for 20 years and a fire sweeps through the Oakland Hills, you're not going to be able to afford to rebuild. You're, you're done. Yeah. You're selling that piece of land, and someone else is going to build there. Um, because in 20 years, housing construction costs have gone up significantly. And I would check your coverage, yeah. too. Um, some people might think they have the right kind of hazard insurance, the right kind of fire coverage. I was recently talking to a friend of my parents, and they had a home in New Jersey that was wiped out by Sandy, was the storm. Uh -huh. And a year earlier, their insurance company said, we don't want to own any policies on the coast, and they got rid of it. Uh, and they went with a sub-standard sub type of insurance company that replaced it and, it, and they did not cover the flood. So you go and look at, at your policy, especially if, you, if you're in a sort of like flood, not flood zone, but like a landslide zone. I looked at a house not recent, not too long ago where part of the uh, disclosure said that it was in a, like a landslide area. So I mean, this, these are some, some of the things you need to have on your coverage. You and I spent some time on the East Coast in our younger years, and there was an auto insurance company called Katz Auto Insurance, and it was spelled K-A-T-Z, and there, the, it was lying, like, never use an insurance company that can't even spell. I like using, I use USAA, my dad was in the military, it's the greatest insurance company ever. I love them. So that keeps the cost of my, and then I, I put my auto insurance with them, they give me a multi-policy discount. 
So I'm very, very pleased. I like multi-policy discounts. Everyone should consider it. Like if you need term life, call your auto that's insurance a, and see if they can do it. That's a great piece of advice. Um, put everything together, get a, a lower discount. Absolutely. And go with quality. I think Geico is great if you can't get USAA. Um, I would not go with the local insurance agent. And again, I'm pissing some people off. I know. I want If Warren Buffett bought Geico for a reason and everything's on a phone and you never actually have a real estate agent. But yeah, if you want to test your policy, I can call Geico right now or USAA and say, hey, does my house cover if a meteor hits it? Does my homeowners cover it if you know someone breaks in? What's my deductible? Call these people and yep. ask, ask questions and get the answers before the disaster happens. With that said, very, very important to review your policies. That's the last thing I'm going to say, because also on some policies, sometimes you designate, like I had, I had life insurance that went to my first wife. That would not have been good if Cindy, if I died, she gets insurance. But Chad's got that story where one of his financial planners um, out of college had a boyfriend and he put her name on yeah. the policy. She, he gets married, has a kid, dies, and the life insurance went to the girlfriend from college. I mean, I mean, even as small as if you have kids and you have more kids coming out on your property and other people and you have a pet, for example, those are things that you need to change your policy as well. It's not just about the house. It's about the liabilities that go along with it. Number one claim on homeowners insurance. Dog bites. Dog bites. Yep. Buy a cat, sell the dog. Yep. With that said, that's Tony Mendez. You can find him online at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. We could talk about anything, um, I promise. Intel sucking the life out of AMD. AMD shares now down to $2.09. Greece has asked for a third bailout and pledged some reforms. They're asking for a three-year loan. May's job openings in the United States remain at a historical high. The U.S. labor market added 5.4 million job openings in May. Microsoft is restructuring their phone hardware business. They're going to cut 7,800 jobs. Satya Nadella has just undid Steve Ballmer's big mistake of buying Nokia. All United Airlines flights today were grounded due to a computer glitch system. Due to a computer system glitch, and uh, they had some problems back in June as well. And the cost of that adds up. It hits our economy, believe it or not. It tells you why we have to have a better cyber terrorism task force in the United States um, because they got grounded because their internet basically shut down on them. Their network failed. Weekly mortgage applications rose at a 4.6% rate. Uh, mortgage volume last week regained a little bit of traction, basically tied towards Greece. When Greece freaked out, the markets freaked out and people sent money to the United States bond markets as a safe place to hide money. Significant group of consumers in China are switching from the Android to the iPhone. That should help Apple's core. We'll watch and we'll pay attention. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's happening in Greece could happen in the United States down the road because our states don't do a great job of funding their pensions. And when you ultimately take things away from people, they get upset. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Is business time. It's business. It's business time. I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Talk to Dr. Jeffrey Rosen, Chief Economist at Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Oh, pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very summertime, so I'm a little distracted and not working quite as hard and kind of enjoying the weather. <laughs> I don't blame you. With that said, uh, it's kind of a, a day where you and I are going to have to pay attention to what the Federal Reserve has to say because they're publishing their minutes, their data. The Fed last month signaled it was on track to start raising rates later this year. And I guess in the last 30 days, we got a little issue with China kind of rearing its head and Greece kind of flopping. Uh, is that enough for the Fed to change their mind about this year? Yeah, I, I don't know if the Fed is going to pay too much attention to what's going out on outside the U.S. I know the IMF has made a, a couple statements now stating that the Fed should really, you know, hold back on their uh, their push for a rate hike in 2015 because of external problems outside of the U.S. But, you know, the Chair Yellen has kind of looked at that report and, and you know, kind of ignored them in, in her speeches since then. So I don't know how much of an impact we're going to see on um, on the Fed, you know, basically looking or tying monetary policy to global conditions as opposed to U.S. conditions. But uh, I think the minutes are actually going to be quite important. Uh, this is something that, you know, normally I wouldn't be too uh, too concerned about. But, you know, after the last press conference, we basically got a – a statement from the chair saying that, you know, the next interest rate could happen at any time, you know, that basically we are live in terms of which meeting is going to be the, you know, the ultimate meeting that does the first rate hike and getting an idea of how close they were to a decision in the, uh, in the previous FOMC meeting would be very interesting, you know, knowing how, you know, what was the, the feedback among the participants on uh, is a near-term rate hike going to happen, and, and I think that you know, looking ahead, you know, that, that's really important. What do you expect from the Fed as far as um, their commentary today? Is there going to be any surprises, or do you think it's going to be more status quo? Do you think they're basically I'm trying to say, are they getting a little more aggressive or are they getting a little bit more just PR press release? Yeah, I think that it's going to be more of status quo. But I think that the reason why this uh, press release, that these minutes are important is because you have the opportunity now to see a little bit more aggression in the Fed's discussion about when a rate hike is going to occur, you know, under previous circumstances, we knew that the Fed said that they were data dependent, and I expected the minutes to just keep reiterating that. You know, but based on what we've seen or what we've heard, I should say, from you know, not only the chair but other governors and other uh, members of the FOMC board, you know, the idea that a rate hike could occur as early as July or September is, is a very high possibility. Given that, we'd like to see, you know, what's going on in their discussions. Is there more of a hint of a nearer-term rate hike than what they've kind of let on in their talks uh, to the public? And I think that's why this minutes may be more important than what we've seen in the past. 
The Fed last month made a significant shift in its description of the U.S. housing sector. Um, basically, they've said it's shown improvement. Is that something we should be watching? Like better housing numbers, better housing sales equals higher interest rates, or is it the jobs number? What, what's the key factor you think that they're they're watching? Well, I don't think they're looking at the housing numbers as a factor for interest rates. I think that they're looking at the housing okay. numbers because historically a rebound in construction is a significant boost to economic growth trends that drives a recovery out of a recession. And so far, this recovery has not had significant contributions from the construction sector because it was so overbuilt and was one of the leading causes of the Great Recession in the first place. So the Fed looking for more normality, I would say, uh, in the housing market. Are we seeing you know, conditions where buyers that want to buy have the opportunity, sellers that want to sell aren't holding on to properties longer than they want, and that we're having an equilibrium that makes more sense in terms of you know, historical trends versus what we've had, what we've experienced from 2009 through 2015. Changing gears ever so slightly, and we could go into your backyard, um, Chicago. Mayor Rahm Emanuel came to an 11th hour decision last week tied towards tackling Chicago's looming pension payment, basically secured $634 million, but he said, you know, we're going to cut 1,400 jobs at public schools and there's going to be $200 million in budgetary cuts, you know, throughout. I see that story as kind of like the United States 20, 30 years from now. We'll be like Greece. We'll be protesting in the streets. Are there any parallels with what's happening in Greece to what's going to happen in the United States down the road? You know, we're, we're talking pretty far out down the road in okay. terms of a Greece situation about pensions. I mean, one of the problems that we had in Chicago is that, in, in Illinois in general, is that no one funded the pensions whatsoever for 20 years. And now that the pensions are due, there's no money in the pot. And, you know, the rate of return that they expect on, you know, putting money into the pension system is just not logical or feasible. So it got to the point where you got to do something to meet those two obligations. Do you raise uh, taxes, cut spending, you know, to, in order to fund the pension obligations that you're legally obligated to pay out? And, and that's a problem, you know, and it's a, it's a problem for the state. In terms of the U.S., it's it's not as significant. The mismatch in Social Security isn't nearly as bad as the mismatch in pensions in Illinois. Uh, the time frame of the mismatch in Social Security is nowhere near as dire as Illinois. So seeing a full-out, uh, you know, protest in the streets because people aren't getting their Social Security checks isn't quite going to happen, at least on my side, my, my understanding. Uh, okay. The difference also between Greece and the United States is we could print our own currency, so even though you know, it's not a good long-term solution, you know, but if we had to meet an obligation, the United States has the ability to do so, given the you know consequences of doing that. Interesting, um, because I see that in media, we tend to sensationalize things just to skosh. But uh, I see this, you know, state after state just in bad economic, you know, 
uh, situations, and yet we're in our sixth year of expansion in the stock market. Some things just aren't, you know, jiving per se. And, uh, you know, even the county that I live in, you know, has got a school district funding problem, and, you know, parents are looking at each other like, why is this? Because aren't things great in the Bay Area, all things considered? Um, media yeah. seems to really jump on it. You know, the states are in worse off situation than the U.S. in general. You know, and a lot of that is because okay. state policies are, you know, not as economically fundamentally strong as the U.S. in general. You know, you have a lot of people in a lot of states that are trying to do things to get the state growing faster than your neighbors, but they're actually not. You know, you're seeing it in Wisconsin with, uh, you know, all the tax cuts in austerity measures in Wisconsin, and the state's growing uh, worse than Minnesota. You're seeing it in Kansas where you cut taxes significantly, but you've seen such a shortfall in revenues because of that that you have to cut jobs or cut something in order to balance your budget. You know, the idea of the state growing and getting growing out of it isn't necessarily happening. You know, and the fact that everybody wants to cut taxes and expect to see revenues increase, it's not plausible. So you're always going to end up with a mismatch. You're always going to see problems on that side. So if, if you're not willing to take the the medicine, you know, and that involves both raising taxes and cutting spending, you're not going to solve the problem. And if you only do one or the other, you almost end up in a worse off situation. We've got a little less than a minute. Um, anything from Thursday's jobs report last week that uh, was is worth mentioning? Yeah, I mean, it was a disappointing number. The headline kind of met expectations, that which, you know, which was fine. But the fact is we're not seeing wage growth. You know, you're seeing businesses still feeling that they don't need to offer higher wages to attract talent. And if that's going to continue, it's going to be hard for inflation to get to the Fed's target. It's going to be hard for the economy to grow well beyond the, you know, 2% level that we've been seeing over the last few years. So until wages start growing, until we start seeing some kind of movement on that end, you know, look at more of the same in terms of economic situation. Thanks very much. Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist at Briefing.com. He writes articles for Briefing, but you know they all kind of work together. I start my day every day at Briefing.com. I've got a professional subscription that I think is well worth the money. Um, they encapsulate things. They break down all, all breaking news. They hit, you know, obviously, the big economic stories, the big story pictures on Wall Street, the trending stories, uh, the technicals, the small caps, the growth ideas. It's a pretty good website. I can say that with a, a big thumbs up and a personal endorsement. Strength today in utilities, weakness in financials, industrials, materials, tech, and telco. Greece has submitted a three-year bailout request for, that includes tax reforms. We'll see if they bite. Take a break. We'll be right back. Rob Black and your money. Listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate it. Um, anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. I always say that, and I don't get enough phone calls. I think some people are intimidated by me, which is fair. I'm sometimes not the nicest person to your questions, but be f- feel free that that's okay. And if I save you from making a mistake, that's even better. I want to start a segment called like stupid email. I get a stupid email every single day. And it's just people who are typically, they didn't save enough. And to make a, a, the best of their situation, they're, they're you know trying their best to um, hit a home run or get it right the second time in life. Um, and it typically doesn't really work that way. Um, I got an email from a woman yesterday, and this one wasn't stupid. This was actually a pretty good question. But it turns stupid. And she's, she starts with, you know, um, how can China affect the U.S. and world economies? Well, China's the second biggest economy in the world, and they've gone from one of investment to they need to get it to be one of consumption. Um, they need their own people, and they've pushed their own people to buy stocks, and people were taking out loans, and you don't take out loans to buy stocks. You buy stocks with your income, not with loans, because they're investments. They're not instant gratifications. Um, and, you know, that's, that's fair. She asked a question, I gave an answer. And then she replies back with, you know, here's what Mad Money's Jim Cramer had said about it. There's a massive fraud when a company does an IPO in the U.S. and investment bankers bounce the stock to take as much as 15 to 20% more. That, of course, is carved out of the hide of the small investors. They get ripped off, but they had no idea that it happened. So it's okay, of course, the big investors are protected. What? How did talking about China turn into a Jim Cramer quote about China? Well, there's a stretch there, but ultimately... Kramer has been frustrated with some of the vigilance that people don't pay attention to with IPOs and how they work. And a lot of people rush in to buy things. And he's kind of tying that to China. Um, the thing that I don't like about that is that some people get addicted to financial media. And like Dave Ramsey... I think is one of the financially stupidest advisors on the planet. He's great for poor people. He tells you to go buy a car with cash. He tells you to buy a house with cash. Hold on. Did he just say buy a house with cash? There's a difference. A house is a very low-cost loan that has a lot of positives built into that loan, like the interest is deducted from your taxes. Now, again, that's not the only reason you do it, but you're able to buy a home and pay yourself rent, and the bank's actually on, on the line for you know, the majority if there's a disaster in the world. If there's an earthquake today and my house falls down, I owe the bank $600,000. I've got, I could walk away. I can go bankrupt. I can, you know, I can take that financial hit, per se. Um... 
I think that um, people like Dave Ramsey sometimes do a lot more harm than good, and people get addicted to like, well, he said that. And you know, even on the station that I'm on, and even if even if you could check out iTunes, you know how many financial people have give advice, it gets kind of addicting. And again, they don't know you, and typically they have something to sell. Um, you know, people like Suze Orman on the outside look like she's doing great work, but she's made hundreds of millions of dollars off you. She sells things like credit repair kits. Are you kidding me? A credit repair kit? Okay, I'll bite. Am I that stupid? No, I won't bite. You want to f learn how to fix your credit? Google how to repair my credit. And all the information's right there. You don't have to buy a $99 kit. At one point in time, uh, Suze Orman got caught in a lie. She basically sells insurance. And she goes, I personally train every one of my insurance people. And the people that were selling that crap insurance product came out and said, we've never met her. Um, but will she tell you that? No. Will someone tell you that they've been fined by FINRA three or four times or that FINRA, that they've lost arbitration cases 19 times to the tune of over $4 million that they've had to pay out in fines or fees back to clients that they ripped off? Probably won't tell you that in financial media. But if you go to FINRA.org, FINRA.gov, um, you can find this out for yourself. I think it's FINRA.com. Now let me check. Good golly. I hate it when I do that. It's Fender.com. Um, I highly recommend. No, it's not Fender.com. Huh. Now my internet's not working. There's a conspiracy, I tell you. The government doesn't want me talking about this. It's Fender.org. Fender.org. You can check on the advisor or the person on the radio or the television that's you know, given advice. And I highly suggest you do that. You want to protect your money before you invest. You want to protect your knowledge that, you know, this person's credible. Um, Dave Ramsey's okay. I just think he's a big dork. Um, I think his information about uh, getting out of debt is very, very useful if you're not sophisticated. But as you get sophisticated, you learn that debt will be part of your life, and you can manage it. And if you manage it, it's actually... An, something that can help you. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.